0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Afterward. I'm Dave Tish. You know, a number of years ago, I had a really good friend who was going through an incredibly difficult time. And during that time, he kept having the same recurring dream. It wasn't a nightmare. It was a dream. It was a dream that he won the lottery. And he had this for like days and weeks on end, the same dream. And in that season in his life, there were some forces that were kind of outside of his control, acting on his life, against his will, Forcing his life in directions, he certainly did not want, or nor did he choose. But in the dream, because he'd won the lottery, he suddenly had control over his life and he could do the things that he felt like he wanted to do, that he needed to do, that God was calling him to do. I remember we were talking about this and he's a, I mean, one of the best Christians I know, one of the best men I know. And I asked him like, why why do you think you have this dream? Uh, Why do you think you keep having this, this kind of daydream, this kind of fixation on winning the lottery. And he said, cause I believe that, that money can solve all my problems. I'm like, hey, you don't actually believe that. And he goes, no, but money lies that way. Doesn't it? <sighs> yes. Money does lie that way. Doesn't it? And money is such a pliable liar too. It, it can solve so many problems. I mean, if you don't have enough popularity it can solve that enough power, it can give you that. If you don't have enough stability or security, it can give you that. If you don't have enough fashion sense, it certainly can give you that. There's so many problems that money says that it can solve, and it can, but there are some problems in life, some very, very big problems, that money is not helpful at all. In the words of the prophet, notorious B.I.G., mo money, mo problems. Some trust in chariots, some in horses and some in hundred dollar bills, y'all. That's America, right? But Jesus, in the passage we're about to read today, has some things to say. And one of his most shocking metaphors ever, he says, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is saying something about the deceptive power of money and possessions, and we are wise to pay attention. I just started thinking, what would it take for a camel to go through the eye of a needle, first of all, you'd have to have some sort of a, some sort of circular sauce, like a, just a, a giant mesh of circular saw, like a, almost like a wood chipper. And then there'd have to be some sort of vacuum tube uh, that kind of pulls the pureed camel through and, and it had to be minced even more, liquefied even more. And then like injected through it, like a really small needle syringe, perhaps through the eye of needle. the point is it would be an elaborate, elaborate process and a messy one at that that would cause the destruction and sadness of a great many camels, or at least one. I think Jesus is more than pro camel. I think he's also being uh, uh, unbelievably interesting here in his choice of metaphors. It's easier for a Mercedes to go through a revolving door. It's easier for Dave Tisch to average 32.1 points a game in an NBA season. It's impossible. God has to do a work in human life. He wants to save us from that. So today we're going to talk about that passage and what Jesus says, because the passage isn't really about camels. It's not about eyes of the needle. And in the end, it's not even really about money. Money's just the pliable idol that speaks lies and tells us this thing, this thing, if you had it, that would provide you with security and comfort or whatever whatever you feel like you need. And instead of going to God for those things, we go to go to that. So we're here with Steve Clifford and Andy Gridley. We're going to dissect this passage. And again, it's about money, but it's not really about money. And so we're going to dive in because Jesus is actually doing surgery here and trying to get us to see something and trying to get us to trust someone, his father. And so before any more camels get hurt, let's just dive right in. No camels were harmed in the recording of this podcast. Well, gentlemen, I'm so excited to be here. Oh man, I got oh I Come feel on. oh man, I feel like I got some powerhouses on my left and my right. Oh. I've got on my left hand, Steve. The one, the only Mad Dog Clifford, and on the right, oh. Andy, oh. go, <laughs> go, 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 Gridley. Yes. Oh man. Okay, so you guys, let's talk about this because um we are in a passage that has one of the craziest sentences of Jesus, like maybe ever, and that's this crazy metaphor where he says it is easier for a camel to yeah. go through the eye of yes. a needle yes. than a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. People know that. But before we get into that, let let's. I, 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 I love to do this. I know that as you study this passage, you compared the other passages in the other gospels where it shows up. And I love to do this. What additional information about this story ah, there you go. did you guys find as you were looking at the, the accountant Mark and the it's in uh, Mark um, and Luke. Oh, Mark and Luke. Right, yep. right, right. What did you first before we get into it, so the the scenario, a guy comes to Jesus. He's actually called a rich young ruler, which we'll get into later, but not uh, in not in Matthew. But in Matthew, he calls him <laughs> what he's what's he called? He's it says that then a man came. Just a man. Yep. It's just a dude. And it makes it a little bit more accessible in Matthew. That word then is
1: also interesting if you're going kind of going through all three of their narratives. Um, in Matthew, right before this, he's like, hey, if you're going to go and in, enter into the kingdom. You have to be like this little kid, a
0: child. Yeah. We talked know? about that. And, right. Yeah. And then in Matthew, the humility, was, right. right.
1: We talked about that. And then, and then Matthew was like, and then right then, you know, it's like oh. this narrative thing, this guy runs up, you know, essentially. So I thought that was interesting that he ties, Matthew ties it up to this conversation about who's the, in the kingdom. And, and we
0: don't know exactly all the details about this guy, but we know that he's got at least some money and some power, right? Is that what we? Is that what we're assuming? I, I think we even can assume that he
2: has some reputation that is very, very good. Yeah, oh. the
0: ruler piece, I think. Oh, I, I see. It. Like a good, a good rep. Yeah, in he's the got community. a very good
2: reputation. Okay. okay,
0: so what else do you find out um, as you entered into Mark and Luke? Luke tells us he's a ruler. Okay. That he has
2: authority over things. He, again, Matthew doesn't tell us that at all. Right. Mark Mark tells us that he
0: runs up to him and kneels. Yeah. It, it, now, it says uh, he re- fell on his knees, which is a sign of humility. Yeah. And he mm-hmm. calls him good teacher, which is... Is also respectful, but
2: maybe... I, I don't want to put too much into it, because in the first century, a person approaching a rabbi would have taken a posture of respect if they expected the rabbi to respond. And so I think this guy really does. So kneeling... I think that there is humility, but there's also, there's other things that he says that says that he's not, he, he, he's able to, I think, appear to be humbler than he is more humble than he is.
0: Hmm. Well, one of the things that's interesting, and I wondered, you didn't comment on this in either of your messages. I don't, I think you probably ran out of time. It's the moment when he's like, Hey, what do I need to do? And he's like, um, follow these commandments. And then the guy's like, yeah, I've kept them my entire life. And (laughs) I, and I'm thinking to myself, whoa. Is that, is that humble or is, is... It ain't humble. No, yeah, does not. Did you, when you read that, you're kind of like, wait, somebody's a little self But Jesus doesn't challenge them on well, it. Well,
2: and here's the deal, too, is that it, there's a good chance that that's accurate. It, it, externally.
0: Oh, you're saying like a letter of the it, law. It, it, yeah,
2: the externally, they're not as difficult as you might think. I mean, don't, don't have sex with somebody else's wife. Don't steal anything. Don't lie. You know, honor your father and mother. Those are...
0: Keep the Sabbath, no, keep God first, right? Well,
2: he doesn't, he does Jesus doesn't list keep God first.
0: Well, but he, so oh, I see what you're saying. He's going to get to it when oh. the dude says, hey, I yeah, did yeah.
2: everything. And he goes, oh, really? Okay, well, let's go to, let's go to the first commandment then.
0: Yeah,
1: it's Who's, pretty What's genius. first
2: in your life, right? Oh. Who, do you love God with all your heart? So Jesus says, Jesus says, have you kept all the external? It, Jesus quotes, I I, I looked through it in, in, Two of the command and two of the counts in the Gospels. It's all. It's I think six are mentioned, and one of them is only five are mentioned. But they're all the external second half commands. The social ones,
0: mom, social dad, ones kill,
1: ones adultery, are, steal, yeah, murder. They're not. The, right. Don't be a, a cowboy's fan. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: is that a, is that? I it think is. Think that, it's I in scripture. Be, is, I don't know if that's in scripture. Yeah. Sorry. It could be adultery, maybe all the social ones yes sorry idolatry maybe that's for sure well you're not spending time with your wife because you're watching so much cowboys maybe um, I, anyway, anyway back to this yeah. back to the I derailed when, us what
2: uh, jesus does is he he mentions the ones that are social that are all measurable and this dude says i can i've kept them got and it. i think that's why i say i think he's got a good reputation because this guy says that no one disputes it no one says oh bull yeah. what about you know Right. You, you, had, you were with my wife two years ago, remember all that. Right. Mess? Nobody nobody disputes it. And then when the when the disciples afterwards, when Jesus gives the famous yes. statement about the eye through the through the eye of a needle, a camel going through it, they're like what? What if he ain't
0: in, yeah. nobody's in? Yeah, yeah. Uh
2: right? So
0: they're So they're dumbfounded because this is a good dude.
2: Yeah. I think he is a good dude. Right. I think I think by the world standards, he's a very good dude.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was in your
1: teaching. I taught it as well. Just, yeah, the Jewish mindset with, if you were moral, if you were rich, if you were ruling over people, then God must
0: have blessed you. You The favor of God is on you.
1: Yeah. The favor of God must be there. So they're going, my gosh, if this guy... You know, is in, so what they
0: would have assumed he's in the favor of God because of his position and his wealth. Is that what you're saying? Yeah,
2: absolutely. I think they would have, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, I think that we even, we do 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 that today. Yeah. That that,
0: is that hashtag bless thing. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: So what's beautiful about this passage, there's a couple of things. This passage I've probably read, and I don't mean this to be arrogant. I mean, I'm, you know, but I've probably read this story in one of the three gospels a hundred times. Uh huh. And what struck me this time was he goes away sad. Mm. I was just struck by that. Yeah, I was like,
0: and so so. Tell the story. So what happens is he says, "I've kept all those commandments, Jesus." And then he's like, "What else?" But then he says the sentence. What, what struck me this time, he goes, "What else do I lack?" Yeah, I I think that that is a sign of something. He knows something's wrong. Yeah, that he's he, got he's got
2: all that the culture would say you need, but he knows something's he not still right. Lacks and and of course. You lean, your la- you lean your ladder up against that wall of chasing after wealth. When you get to the top of that ladder, you're going to realize this is the wrong wall. Yeah, it- yeah. You're going to realize that you lack something. It- it's- it- money's not a bad thing, and it's actually good to have it. Right. But it- it's not going to be – it's not a God thing. Yeah, It can't be first place. And so that's the beauty of Jesus yeah. is he goes, okay, you've kept all those commands. Let's just get real about this thing. Yeah. Let's get real specific about you. And then he speaks into his life on the – and just goes right to it. Yeah. It's,
0: a, it's a tough prescription for this guy's cancer.
2: But it's the first commandment, <laughs> right? It's love the Lord your God with all your, with all your yeah. heart, I mean, with a yeah. heart, soul, mind, and strength. And Jesus says, okay, well, let's go to that. Let's, let's, how are you doing on that one? And he goes right to the idol, which is his money, yeah, his possessions. And he says, get rid of all that. Um, and, then, and then you come and follow me. Which is so it's twofold. Very rare It's invitation. a twofold.
0: It's sell and come and follow. Yeah. Yeah. So both are, both are, inv- uh, both are.
1: One thing I didn't have time to teach, but I thought was pretty interesting about this is right after this invitation, come follow me you just shared like the disciples are like if he if he ain't getting in right and then peter peter goes hey but what about us we have left everything he needs like re, he needs reassurance i just love how honest the bible is he's like what what about you know we have we have left
2: we left our home yeah yeah and they did they did and they did and jesus says you absolutely did. he isn't you know he doesn't say yeah peter but you kept the boat yeah you exactly. know you, you pulled the boat up on the shore to make yeah. sure you could get back to it later which
1: kind of affirms if you still got a boat or his mother-in-law still has a house this isn't primarily about money there could be money could be my idol or your idol or somebody who's listening but 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 the primary thing is what has taken first place right but right after that what's really interesting after all this encouragement you know that famous who will be last will be first first last that kind of thing um, some com- commentators actually think this is like a challenge to the disciples. So he's encouraged them. Yeah, you, you have left, and God's going to honor that, and you you can trust me. You know, you can trust me to be first. We're going to take care of you guys. You know, God God's going to take care of you. But right there, that last first first last. Now I don't know if this is true or not, but some commentators believe that this is a, like a warning, like, hey, you guys have started well, you've started uh, well. yeah. But. Even those who start well, you got to, every day. You got to surrender. I thought that was really interesting. And the commentators point to Judas, who right then is still a disciple. So at that moment, he's left everything to be a disciple of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then, who do we know is coming later? Paul. Paul is not there yet. He's a last. He's a later who becomes first, right? And I thought that was a really interesting insight. That even though I prayed a prayer and I surrendered at one point, this is a daily decision. Right. I had to continue to surrender over and over again. So I don't know if that's true. Uh, no, but, but some commentators I mean, think so.
2: It's not untrue. Yeah, I don't know if it's what this passage is yeah, teaching, but yeah. it's certainly a good principle from the scriptures yeah. overall. And that's another challenge in this is is that and whenever you have, whenever you have these kinds of things in the Gospels, you have to. There's a couple of things I want to speak to. First, you've got to decide. Is this descriptive or prescriptive? Oh,
1: yeah, that's so helpful.
2: Right, when we've talked about this a lot, it's especially really in the stories of the gospel, is Jesus is Jesus prescribing something that should be done by everyone? Everyone, yeah. And we know that that's not true.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Number one, it's not the practice. He doesn't, Jesus doesn't. You're talking about it. his particular prescription for this riching order is of to go and everything. sell everything you have and follow me. So you're saying that some preachers will say, "Hey, look, the text is clear. Yeah, Jesus it, commanded it, it, it so it, we all have to I do mean, it." And
2: if this is prescriptive, then for me to own anything and have anything, yeah would have been a violation of this prescription. Right, right, right. But I don't think that's what it is and I don't think it's a prescription number 1 because he doesn't ask this of anyone else. Yeah, you don't see it anywhere Nor else. Nor is it the teachings of the epistles when they when the epistles come along later and the disciples and Paul are saying this is how the church yeah. lives this out and should
0: operate, right? It is true that think- you
2: should be generous and you should your money should not be in the first place kind of thing, but there's never the expectation you're going to sell everything you have.
1: Zacchaeus to me is the the kind of other figure here where, you know, Jesus literally says, salvation has come to your house. This guy didn't give away everything. He certainly changed his orientation around money and became much, much more generous. It was no longer the, the main thing. Um, but he still kept his house. But he still kept his house. He's having Jesus over at a party, you know, and, and Jesus, Jesus says, bum- salvation has Jesus
2: come. Is, he's not bummed because he didn't sell everything. Right. He's just amazed at how the kingdom of God has flooded into this yeah. man's
0: life. And we know Zacchaeus' name and we don't know this ruler's Whoa. name. Oh, that's interesting, because Zac- Zacchaeus responded. He responded. So let me ask you a question. So you're saying wow. that this is not a prescription for every Christian, but it is a prescription for this man in this scenario Correct. that we record. That, and that, and this was his particular cancer, and Jesus gave him a particular chemo. Yeah. You want to live? Right. Follow me. Follow Do me. Do this, and then follow me. And it's
2: very cool. In Mark, not in Matthew or
0: Luke, hmm.
2: it says... Jesus saw him and, and loved, loved him. him. Yeah. yeah,
1: this is an act of love.
2: Before it's a he very, responds, before it's a he very, responds. Very, very particular invitation that he gives this dude. Uh, I, we, we all said he's a good dude. He's such a good dude. Jesus tries to recruit him. There is almost yes. 13 disciples. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But instead, Man, I hadn't thought about instead that. Instead, he said no. Yeah. And he walks away. He says yes to the temporary. Yeah. And he misses all that was. Yeah, kind
1: of to your point, you know, if he would have said yes, we'd probably know his name. We'd probably name our kids after him—Matthew, Mark, Luke, and whatever this guy's name is. But instead, we don't know his name. All we know is he was rich, young, and ruler, but he's not anymore. He's not rich anymore. He's He's not young anymore, (laughs) and he's not ruling anymore. He's dead. It's it's pretty incredible what we in the temporary. I think this was in your notes, and how you said, "I love it." Just that idea—the offer of the eternal, but this guy turns it down for what's temporary. You know, and it's not just him. I do this too. I struggle with this. Um, Oh.
2: I, I I'm
0: I'm ashamed of how much time I waste wanting other people's stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's okay. Let me let me pivot real let's talk about money for a second. Because right. because this passage is not about money primarily, but it, it does have something to do with first place. Yeah. About yes. idol. And what I was I was thinking about, like I just taught on the prophets, we had this Bible lab mm-hmm. and the prophets keep talking about um the uh, idolatry of israel with asherah poles and this god and that god and this political alliance with assyria or babylon and there's all these gods right the
1: cowboys okay
0: he's and gonna just, keep on that steve I, and I, i'm here to say although this is my podcast i can't shut him down and i'm, I'm sorry. sorry steve i'm sorry october 8th is coming <laughs> and that's the when, the cowboys, when, when the cowboys reckoning when the Niners cowboys and the cowboys play <laughs>
2: yeah
1: yeah,
0: can't wait. Uh, where are they playing? Are they playing in Texas? No, in in here. Oh, they're playing Levi Stadium. Oh wow, well. I'm going, baby. I, that's I cannot wait. Wearing blue. That's going. I just pray that you'll be protected. Okay. Um, so I, idolatry in the Old Testament, that language almost exclusively disappears in Jesus's teachings. Idolatry shifts to teachings on, and a lot of commentators say this: money. Money is the primary idol of most. Of the world, because it's such a pliable idol. It can buy you money uh, or money can buy you power or happiness or wealth. Or re- it, It's such a pliable, it, whatever your heart desires, it, yeah. it, it promises, right? Mm-hmm. And it also can be a thing that people rely on a lot for security yeah. comfort safety yeah. well-being all those kinds of things so it is jesus speaks a lot about money not because money's bad but because it can corrupt the heart and become an idol yeah so what's weird about this is i was reading one of the things uh, is the rich young ruler is kind of a misnomer because what happens is we think oh this guy was super uber wealthy and this passage only replies to the super uber wealthy but really what it says and niv translates it as great wealth And there's a translation note that said, actually, this is way too literal. It's too exaggerated and too easily makes most of us think that we are poorer than this man. He was, in short, at least in the small middle class of first century society in which seemed rich in the eyes of the vast majority, especially the people following Jesus. So he's actually a middle class dude, Hmm. which changes it for me because I'm like, well, rich young ruler, this is a super wealthy dude. But actually, Matthew doesn't give us that. And the translation notes actually say he's actually just a middle class guy. Yeah. So it actually kind of applies to probably most of us in the Bay Area. We, well, have, we have an abundance of possessions, right? Yeah, Many possessions?
2: I, I, some might argue that that might not be true or whatever. So we, let's just do this. Let's just do global wealth. Right. Yeah, that's sure. Helpful and then to think of it. It, no, one, yeah. no one in the United States and certainly no one in the Bay Area, especially someone that owns a home. Yeah, they they have got to confess. Yeah, they are in the top one or two percent of global wealth. Period. Yeah, that's just the way. That's just don't argue with me. That's the it, it's right? <laughs> right. It's just yeah, just, it's just the just facts. Yeah. It, you yeah. know you know. I can't, I I'm sorry. You none of us feel rich. Right.
0: But globally, we are. So what is it about? Because this is kind of a warning. This guy walks away from Jesus and the opportunity to be a disciple, which is a shocking Mm -hmm. it's really tragic yeah and he goes away sad so there's a warning here and then the uh, then the disciples are almost like what what, they they don't know what to do like if that's what's required or what what's going on what yeah yeah. so what 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 message about money is in here for us for those of us because if we're all quote middle class or at least in that then then there's there's some application to us right
2: well, the, I think, yes, and some of it might be that Jesus, in the same way he gets right to the heart of the matter with this young guy, he's going to do that with us. He's not going to let us settle for a less than an abundant life.
1: Mm.
2: The life, it says in the scriptures, the life that is truly life. Mm-hmm. That's what he's called us to. That, that, and, and because he loves us as he loved this young man, he's going to call us to that kind of lifestyle and anything that gets in the way and it's it can be money i think money is a primary thing that goes into first place but it can also be your children right it can be your spouse right it can be your job it can be it can be all good, anything good that you make a god mm-hmm. and 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 then you're immediately in trouble and and each time jesus is going to speak into that and say it, this this is not going to be best for you. And the scriptures, First Timothy 6, it says, Godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. If we have food and clothing, we'll be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It's... It, Jesus doesn't need your money. He's not trying to take things from you. In fact, there doesn't have to be any transaction that changes the numbers in your checking account or your 401k or your, in our our case, a 403b. Nothing needs to change except for what's first.
0: What's first, yeah. But won't that change things? Zacchaeus sold stuff. It
2: should. Right? Absolutely. It will. Because you will become free.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And that's what Jesus wants. He doesn't want anything in no chains around your soul.
0: And I think about that even the lines in Acts 2 about the early church that they held things in common and people sold fields for pro- just to take care of each other. there was a sense of um, responsibility and generosity. And again to Steve's point, like
1: that's beautiful and it's also not prescriptive. that's, that's when, when yeah. you when it's when it's held open because by God's grace you've put him first and you can say enough. I have enough. God will supply. Then whether you have 10 bucks or 100 bucks or 100,000 bucks, when the spirit of God says, "Hey, I'm moving in this way, in a way you can't quite see, but but I want you to give towards this, you'll respond." That's those beautiful moments that we look at. I think we like almost like how, you know, Sometimes parents today go, man, I wish I wouldn't have just paused with this cute moment with my kid and done a selfie. I wish I just would have lived in that moment. To mm-hmm. me, I feel like that's the invitation. Like the Spirit is always speaking, and when He's first, I'm free. I'm free to say enough, and then I can participate in whatever kingdom movement there is. And that could be that we're selling a bunch of our stuff and doing something, or it could be I'm just donating five bucks to this thing. Or
2: it, it, Yeah, because I think... It, you're just radical generosity looks so
0: different yeah. from, in each person, and we, sure, what, what we for want, sure, and what, the and the story of the widows might shows that that one penny. Yeah, that's what that, I'm saying. One penny is like in is is Somehow Jesus is sh- like this is nuts. Yes, and the what yeah. the other people given lots of money. That's like not nearly as impressive yeah. to Jesus,
2: and that's why the the whole idea yeah. of a certain percentage to to teach for for us to teach as a church, ten percent. That's the deal. Give ten percent. Ten percent. Would be too way too generous, way too much money given away mm. for some families. Mm. I think of single family homes, yeah. sure, um, dual income homes that are trying to somebody just, who
0: just lost their job. It, yeah, it's, it's all sorts just, of stuff. It's
2: not a good number, and people are put into shame mm. because they don't reach that number. So, how
0: do you counsel people? When so, let's say a guy comes in and says, "Hey, Steve, good teacher." <laughs>
1: what must i do (laughs) does he run to him and bow
0: yeah they run to you first why do you call me good (laughs) that's good that's good Um, uh good clifford is there is there a way when you because giving financially is obviously it's a core value of christians yeah and we have to have a plan so how do you help people even if they've never thought about it
2: yeah and i've taught this before it's you balance the equation of sacrifice and joy
0: Sacrifice and joy. So what do first you
2: of all, in order to give, it's got to cost me. If you're just giving something that you don't want anyway, like I gave, you, I gave away my old shoes. I give away my old clothes when I wear them out. Okay, what you're really doing is just clean out your closet. You're not being <laughs> generous. That's not generosity. And, I, I see. and we, we disguise, we, we uh, claim things that aren't. So, there's got to be some sacrifice. So,
0: you're saying there's a way to give it, which you don't even feel it. And that kind of, that th- that's sacrifice. not sacrifice. It's
2: got to cost. It's mm-hmm. got, okay. But it shouldn't cost so much that you're pissed about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. That, and, and I've lived So you of this. So, you're equation. saying you've
0: got to do that work with
2: God. You've got to do the work with God. You've got to say, okay, let's just use round numbers. We're thinking about giving away 1000 bucks every month. And then you realize and say, yeah, but $1,000, man, that. Uh, maybe we can start with 750 and, and then you, then you start to give 750 and you realize we don't even miss 750. Well, that's, then it's no longer sacrifice. So you up it to 800. Mm -hmm. And then at some point you realize I'm able to give this more than I ever imagined I could. Mm. And I'm able to do it with joy and freedom. And what it does is it, it removes the tentacles of the great greed monster mm-hmm. from my throat mm-hmm. it it it, it, re, it shows that this stuff doesn't have power over me and mm. you become radically generous mm-hmm. um, you, you, yeah without I, let me specifically' I've, I've lived where I didn't give very much at all and I was pretty happy about it. And so there's no no sacrifice but a lot of joy. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and then I have lived in the legalism that says mm. I've got to give this so much money to this campaign that I'm leading or this this because I want I think that looks like godly, godliness. God will be impressed. Mm. And but there's no joy over here. Mm. In fact, every time every time the money goes out, I'm like thinking of the things I'm doing without and I'm angry about it because I'm, because, and I've put too much pressure on my family to live this life. And, but I will tell you if you work at it and you, and you just, you realize there's nothing really at stake here. Nothing's at stake. God's grace is fully extended to you as a child of his, regardless of whether you give $10 or a thousand dollars or, or a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. And some people should probably think about giving, Something with six or seven digits. Yeah, I mean, and then other people should give.
1: We'll put the URL link in the bottom of this podcast. <laughs> no, that's for that. No. Yeah, um, and,
2: and if you and if you think that there is, oh, this is this is our opportunity to kind of get in your pocket. Yeah, well, then give not, it somewhere no, else. No. I, I, I'm just, I'm it asking. It really is just give teasing. It. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I would say you know another thing Steve helped me learn over the years is like. It doesn't. It's not just my. It's not just my money. It's all my stuff. So you know, one year my wife surprised me with an incredibly awesome Jeep, and it was brand new. Never had. We never had a brand new car before. We were in a place where we were able to do that, and uh, it was. It's awesome. And um, somebody on staff was. It's four four by four, right? It's good in snow and all this stuff. Somebody on staff was going. Up to Tahoe in a snowstorm, and all of a sudden I remember Clifford saying, "Man, if you're not willing to give it away, you know it's got its tentacles on you, you know." And I'm like, "Oh man, the staff member, I really love them. I don't want them to die." And but I know, really love my Jeep. But I really love my Jeep. How much do <laughs> I, you know? And um, so, all of a sudden good teacher Clifford comes in my ear and just like hey man are you willing to and no it was the spirit and I just yeah. I really sense like man I just got to try this and that would be my encouragement to people like to, to what Steve's saying this this spectrum of joy and sacrifice just get going don't overthink it just try it when you yeah. hear the Holy Spirit say go go Try it. If if you end up feeling like that was too much, or that was a foolish move, or something, then scale it back. But I think most of us live way closer on that spectrum to joy, which you spoke to in your teaching. Like if Jesus is always easy and up to the right, it's probably not probably Jesus. Not Jesus.
2: Oh. <laughs> yeah, and that, I don't want to make it word. too much about money. I I I want it to be. Yeah. I think this is a beautiful encounter, and it's actually ends really sad. Yeah. Here's a dude. That is almost number 13 in the, in the, in the inner sanctum, Mm. right? I mean, he's almost employee number 13 and in in, In this
0: global uh, movement called the kingdom of God, that's crazy.
2: Instead he says, you know what? I I would like to keep my extra cloak. Yeah. And I like having a little extra food in the pantry and, um, because of his stuff. And Jesus is not, Jesus doesn't mind him having two cloaks. He just, he just knows that.
0: It's keeping him it's keeping from, from, from him Jesus. From
2: something.
0: Yeah. Oh man. So that's the hard work. So it's it's about money, but it's not about money. But it's not, not about money, but it's about what's behind the money. <laughs> it's 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 kinda it's a little it's it it's, Jesus is doing surgical work on this guy. Yeah. It's about first place. And he wants to do that surgical work with us. Yep. Yeah, that's hard work.
2: Um and, and he's he's gonna get just as specific with each of us. He's yeah. gonna I mean, oh, in, man, in some yeah. ways the yeah. spirit of God went to you and said your yeah. deal's the Jeep, dude. Yeah, and if if you're not careful, that's
1: right. It was brand new, never had it. Right, it felt like this new. Th- and but th- uh, yeah, there's a million of those in our hearts at all times. Good things. Uh, the way I think about it is just don't make a good thing an ultimate thing, right? Just let it let it be a good thing.
0: Final question. There's this. The end of this passage is really interesting to me. <laughs> I don't know how to process it. So I'd love to, I'd love your thoughts. I don't know if you did much work on it, but um, uh, it's this moment where they're basically like, hey, Peter's like, hey, we've left everything to yeah, follow you. Yes. Like, is there... What about us, Like, man? Like, are we going to be taken care of? And Jesus responds in a very interesting way. And I don't know how to take it because it's, it's, it's like he's appealing to self-interest, which is human, but he's doing it in a very interesting way. He says, listen, I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man, when I, sit on my glorious throne... And you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. It seems like Jesus is saying like, invest in Jesus, mm. you know, stock market sign J S S. you know, and you, every Everything you give will be a hundred X return. Is he appealing to, is he appealing to our self interest or is he just stating about the joy and the overflow in the kingdom? Is he trying to reassure them? Like, look, you'll be taken care of. Like what's he, it's interesting, right? Yeah, it is interesting. and,
2: And who are we to say, but this is what I think. Yeah. I think he's simply speaking the truth. Mm hmm. I think he's simply describing for them what he already knows and has experienced in heaven. Mm-hmm. Heaven is That's what it, thinking, guys. Yeah. Eternity with the Father is it. And it's so much better that he uses these hyperbole kinds of statements because there's not, you know, how else is he going to do it? Right. I mean, you can only put so many right. zeros on it to say it. It's, trust me, dudes. It's way better. Yeah. It's way better, and it'll free you up now.
1: There's no lack in heaven. You can trust this. You can trust following me, surrendering all things to me, because the kingdom, there's nothing
2: that you'll be lacking. And if you yeah. surrender to Christ, you get, notice what he said, and will inherit eternal life. That's what the rich young dude came asking about. Mm-hmm. What must I do to have eternal life? Mm-hmm. And they get all the riches and the blessings and eternal life to boot. It's like that old saying about, you know, if you, if you, what, if you aim at the, if you aim oh, at the Ada. roof, you just get the roof, yeah. but if you aim at the stars, you get the moon too, or oh. I don't know, some, some silly thing. Sounds but. like
1: a country Western song right <laughs> it there. It probably is. Here's the deal. I also think it, you <laughs> love hyperlinks. It's all the way back to Genesis. What does Satan say? God's holding out. God's oh, holding out. Yeah. God's holding out. What? Well, are you sure? He said, are you sure? And this, Jesus is like, no, that's not, there's no scarcity in heaven. You don't have to worry about that. And I just think that's a great encouragement to begin to just try a little bit, a little bit more to live into this invitation to let God have our stuff
2: and our whole heart. Yeah, I would also say this is quite a blessing, but it's also one of those now and not yets. Yeah. Um, As you turn loose of your stuff, there's a peace that comes with that 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 is a beautiful thing. Mm. And the burden of a hoarder. Mm-hmm. Keeping all that they can get, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, versus the freedom of someone who would say, "Hey, why don't you use my Jeep for the weekend?" Mm. Now you probably had some stress over the weekend.
1: You know what? You're right, though. I don't. I, I think it, but, the upfront decision was harder. Once it
0: happened, I didn't. I didn't care. And by the way, the
2: Jeep came back. It's fine. Yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe scratched up
0: or something or dirty you, from the snow. But you so loan what? you loaned me your truck. To go to Tahoe for the exact same scenario, yeah, and really? I, I would like to think Whoa. that I returned it cleaner than I found it. As oh, a matter of fact, it was it was excellent. I I appreciate it had that a nice even full now. tank of gas. It was yes, it was which big baby? It, yeah, that's yes. what we tried to do. And so. that was really generous, and that was a bad snow. <laughs> it was a bad snow, and you needed four wheel drive. Oh yes, I, like, we did. We would ish. have been lost. What are you going up in, dude. It's wow. not good. Up I was going to go up in my Honda Odyssey <laughs> minivan and <laughs> get some three sixties. <laughs> it was not going to end well for my family. Uh, well, I'm anyway, glad you're alive. I'm glad you came back. Good stuff. Really interesting and chal- it's chal- It's challenging. It is. Yeah. Um. I, that's why I love the gospels. They're just. It, there's no end to the challenge. Oh, there was one more thing I wanted to say. Oh, is it? Okay. Don't
2: freak out if you're out there and you're saying. Wait a minute. It's different. Luke and Mark had different stuff. It's what? What's all these? You're saying the slight oh, yeah. variations. This, yeah, it's actually a testimony that there's not a bunch of collaboration on these writings. That yeah. this is these are three personalities. If the, if on October eighth, the three of us go yeah. to the Cowboy Niner game, we're all going to have different. We recollections. will report different things. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yours will be dominated by statements around the red color red. Uh-huh. Mine around the statements of Mine'd color probably blue. probably food. you no. that was my joke. You stole it.
0: Ohio Oh, uh, yeah. the it's guys who the played for Ohio State did really well in this game. Yeah, that's yes. what you did. Do. Uh, so don't freak out about differences. It's
2: actually one of the testimonies that these are actually eyewitness accounts. Right. And
0: Slightly different. They're not giant variations. No, no, no. There's yeah, nothing just, that changes yeah. the heart.
2: Of the story or yeah. the personhood of yeah. Jesus. Or even
0: the way what Jesus is saying in essence. Yeah. Yeah. And those little variations, it's really interesting because sometimes Matthew, uh, well, we can't get into that, but he'll pick a couple of things. Luke will reference something that, math, that that happened, but you you won't have context for it unless you read Matthew, which just shows you that they all kind of... Independently happened, and that's just the way it is. Yeah, yeah, it's that's good stuff. It's a beautiful thing, important stuff. Well, thank you guys. Thanks for being with us.
1: Yeah, thanks. And uh, it's thank almost you. it's almost lunchtime. I just had one question. Uh huh. Can I borrow five bucks? <laughs>
0: five oh, bucks I will get it. you. I, I don't have my wallet. Five dollars will get you nothing. But <laughs> I know, yes, you I will. Gonna eat for five bucks. Can I borrow twenty bucks? <laughs> yeah, that, that's something. Uh, yes, you you can. All right. Well, thanks guys. We'll touch yeah. you soon. Bye. Yep, Bye. Thank you. All right. Just want to say thanks to Steve Clifford and Andy Gridley for stopping by. Join me next week where Jay Kim will be here and we'll be talking about this passage in which James and John go up to Jesus and say, we would like, please, the seats on your left and right, the seats of greatness in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus's response will shock and confuse you. That's next week on The Afterward.